react when we are reacting to circumstances. If a guest has a question or they have a concern, there are there is a five word phrase, I think, <laughs> that I think needs to be eliminated altogether. Let me get my manager. There you go. I was right. Five words. We've got to. Well, yeah, you're you're fact checking me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. I'm. There's another four word phrase that I think needs to be eliminated. Maybe it's there's a conjunction. It's not my job. It's not my job. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. This episode is kindly sponsored by Attractions.io, the guest experience platform behind Merlin Entertainment's San Diego Zoos and the PGA Championship's branded mobile apps. And just like us, the team at Attractions.io is on a mission to elevate the guest experience and ensure that they exceed the expectations of today's digitally native guests. By combining a branded mobile app with an operator console that consolidates behavioral data from every touch point in the guest journey, the Attractions.io platform empowers operators with the tools they need to increase guest satisfaction, spending, and loyalty. And to learn more about how Attractions.io can help you connect your end-to-end -end guest experience, visit attractions.io slash how it works. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. All right. Bam. Bam. So I got a question for you. Okay. So we have chatted in the past, uh, both just you and I and with other guests, about working the front lines, working on the front line at amusement park, and how much we enjoyed that experience. What would you say was your favorite thing about working in a frontline capacity? Getting to hold a microphone and saying, welcome back riders, how was that ride? All right. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm sure if I sat and thought about it for a few more minutes, I can probably think of a few others, but what about you? Um, I think it was, you know, being on the microphone is a lot of fun. It really is. But when I think I mean, back, look what we're doing now. I know exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, when I think back, though, to those times, I, I think about the fun that I used to get to have with guests that probably wouldn't fly today with social media, quite frankly. Um, we, 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 we had a little fun let's just say, right? And so one example that's, it's pretty tame, but one of the rides I used to run was was a rotor, basically. If you don't know what a rotor is, I know you do, but anybody listening, it's that washing machine looking thing where people stick to the walls. It's a round room. And I used to love when people would come in and I would say, the best spot is in the corner. <laughs> and they would look for the corner in this round room. <laughs> And I got to watch and chuckle a little bit. So there's those things that I'm sure frontline folks do now that 
it 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 helps you have a good time. Mm. You know, it's too bad the manuscript for my book is complete because that is a perfect example of what I would use in being more enthusiastic than your guests is saying those things that the guest doesn't expect. And you could do that over and over again. You could do that with every every single guest, right? I will say, I don't think you did the rotor justice in your explanation, though, <laughs> in the fact that it spins so fast that the floor drops out and you're there up against the wall defying gravity. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Those those moments, those opportunities to be able to uh, to be able to to sometimes banter in in those instances or have fun with guests. Uh, when I was working at the Speedway at Magic Kingdom, if if I had a few minutes to talk to guests, because as grouper, you know, these groups are you know in in their cars here, and I've got about a minute or so to talk to the next guest in line and say, "Where are you visiting from?" and Quite often it would be, oh, we're, you know, we're coming from, from the UK, from England. And they'd say, oh, that's, you know, that's a long swim. Your arms must be so tired. And they would laugh so hard. And I'd be like, I can't believe people think this is funny. But uh, just like your joke of, of the best spot is in the corner. You could do that all day long. That's right. And it kind of keeps it fun when it's the first time the guest has heard it, even if it's cheesy or if it's corny or uh, in your case, a little confusing as well. If they walk around the whole thing and they're back. They're like, wait a second, where's the corner? Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't find the corner. Where, where could that be? So um, why are we talking about the frontline experience? Well, I think one of the things that you and I have both recognized is that the frontline experience is changing in, mm -hmm. in many ways, right? Um, not just because of different guests or, you know, technology that they're dealing with, but also technology that in some cases might be replacing a function that a frontline team member might do. So um, I know you've got some thoughts on this and uh, we can kind of jump in and, and see where we go. Yeah. Well, just to, you know, even expand on that, I, I think that, our industry is at a really interesting moment in the way that we are managing team members, and in many cases, many cases managing frontline employees, and in the way that uh, uh, that the employee experience is changing. You mentioned, you know, new technology that's coming in and replacing team members. Uh, there's definitely a lot that's out there that we no longer need as many staff members as we did previously. And going into the future, there's going to be more automation, more self-service, uh, not just about, you know, robots flipping burgers, but things that, you know, puts more agency into the hands of the guests as well that may have been, uh, you know, required to have a human operate. Um, and there's a little bit of a, a buffer time and kind of a, a transition time to be able to help guests get through that. I'll even refer back to something you talked about in a recent episode. I think it was after your, your Coaster Nerd Con where you uh, you got a, a skip the line pass and there were a couple of people sitting at a desk offering, what was it? Emotional support? Moral Emotional support, support exactly. Emotional Kennywood. support. That was yeah. at Kennywood. Yeah. Yeah, at Kennywood. So they, they had the opportunity to be there for the guest interaction, but at the same time, they weren't selling the passes. They weren't actually, you know, functionally fulfilling it. So there's there's a lot of things. The the functional mechanics of the job duties, uh, there there's a lot of technology that's starting to uh, to be able to replace that and take that out of the hands of the staff members. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, ultimately, like that, like that that should be a good thing. And in, in that, if you look at just any industry, anywhere, you know, look at, uh, I was talking to someone not too long ago from an airline who they no longer have a customer service number because that's just where people are going. They're able to staff lower, be able to communicate with their guests or passengers a little bit differently and a little bit more efficiently. 
and uh, and that's a good thing. It's good for for the team members themselves, and it's good you know for the you know for the guests too. Uh, the other piece of it too is also the demands of employees uh, have changed substantially in the last few years. I think 2020 was definitely a, a pivotal moment for you know not to use the word pivot but as I relate to 2020, right? Uh, but for our industry, all hospitality, all all service industries, and and uh, and many other industries, that the demand for higher wages is increasing. So. We're going into the future knowing that we're going to need fewer team members, but the team members that we do have are demanding higher wages, demanding uh, you know more more of a living wage and be able to have more benefits and more flexibility. So when we talk about the ways that we manage the employees that we have, knowing that there's going to be fewer in the future and knowing that they have the opportunity to actually be more valuable, we need to look at the value of that team member as it relates to the guest experience and the employee experience hand in hand. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Yes, there really is. <laughs> and That's I'm, why we dedicated a full episode to this. <laughs> but I'm glad that you brought in the guest experience and the employee experience, because one of the things that I was thinking of was, yes, from a from a team member perspective, there are things that are maybe, again, kind of quote unquote, taking their jobs, if you will, right? Or replacing a function that they may have done. A ticket kiosk is a perfect example, right? But that's also something that has to be considered from the guest perspective, right? Because yes, you may not have to pay a team member to sell a ticket, but that team member could create a relationship with that guest, right? Depending on the the length of the interaction and that kind of thing, and that and that could lead to higher sales. Now you can also program your ticket machine to always ask, you know, do you want to upgrade to this? Do you want to upgrade to that? So you could have more more um, consistency there. But I also think there's a balance of that team member asking, so Josh, you and your family are in from Chicago, you know, what do you like to do? And you know, be able to tailor the experience for them uh, that way. So I think there's there's considerations on both sides, because as you say, giving the guest more agency, yes, they can buy that ticket anywhere. They can buy that ticket online, right? They don't have to buy, you know, stand in the line and buy a ticket at the at the park or the FEC, which I think that is a good thing, right? You know, yeah. gone are the days when you're standing in a two hour line just to buy a ticket to get inside, right? That, I mean, talk about a pinch point, talk about a, a, a point of friction for the guests before you even get them inside, you're upsetting them. Um, right. So I think there's there's pieces on, on both of those to think about. I also want to go back because, you know, we talk about how this has, you know, really been impacted by 2020 and, and, and what we've seen since then. But this is not a new phenomenon. When we first started talking about this, this topic, I went back and <laughs> there is a there is a, an IAPA session that I bought the cassettes for back in 1997. Um, it was a gentleman named T. Scott Gross, who um, his tag at the time was positively outrageous service. And he was all about creating, you know, ex you know, great experiences for guests. So very similar to what we're talking about now. But he said, you know, as the technology increases, this is back in 1997, as technology increases, and we have fewer and fewer team members, to your point, those team members have to be uh, more well-equipped, right? So for example, if you are potentially going to a facility, and I'm just going to throw out a number, you interact with 10 people, 10 team members, and nine out of those 10 are good, you're probably going to leave with a pretty good impression, right? But if you now go to a facility, 
and there's only one team member that you ever interact with and they're a dud, right? And they provide no service whatsoever. They don't talk to you at all. They're not proactive. You get no hospitality from them. Then are you going to judge the service based on a machine or based on that one human being? And I think that's another layer to this. Like if you go to a facility and don't mean just you, but you as the collective you go to a facility and you're judging the service, what are you thinking of? Are you thinking about that that ticket dispenser that that gave you a ticket? Are you thinking about, you know, the way that you use the app to, you know, order food? Is that the service that you're really judging? Or by the time you get up to the counter and the person's got your food and they say, okay, let me just double check your order. You had a burger, you had fries, you had chicken fingers. Oh, this looks so good. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to really enjoy this meal and hands over the meal. Is that what you're judging the service on? So I think there's another layer there, especially as you talk about measuring the guest experience. What are we actually thinking of when it comes to what that guest experience is? Mm, That's so beautifully said. (laughs) Uh, So... Right. So, so the takeaway from that is with fewer team member interactions, every single interaction carries a higher weight on the overall guest experience and the overall perception of the entire experience when the guest leaves. Because, you you know, you add up all those interactions, all those all those moments of truth, right, where there's that opportunity to to exceed the guest's expectation. And now every single interaction is going to be more valuable as it relates to the the entire way that they're reflecting on their visit and saying, uh, you know, did, did I have a good time? Did I experience positive service? So then we need to think about that from the standpoint of we want to equip our team members to do that. Part of the, the catch-22 or the, the conundrum is, well, here's all this technology. We want to make sure that team members are not leaning on the technology figuratively, (laughs) so that it provides the guest experience on their behalf, but instead using the technology to be able to enhance the experience that they can provide. So for instance, uh, you know, you talk about selling tickets, if it's kiosk, you know, that's, that is, that is a, a mechanical process that is a functional, you know, necessity to a visit. So I come in, I punch in how many adults, how many kids, you're right. Maybe it does prompt me. Do I want to upgrade to the VIP package? Yes, no, whatever it is. Uh, is the team member saying, I don't need to sell you tickets, just go over to, there to do it. Or because they're equipped with the information, with the knowledge, with the communication skills, with the interpersonal skills to be able to talk the guest through that interaction, they don't need to do the credit card swipe, here's your purchase, have a good day, but they could be there almost as a consultative or almost as a concierge type approach to be able to help the guest have a better experience and in many cases, spend more money as well. And if you're talking about it from a kiosk standpoint, then they can actually really leverage themselves and they could be, they can actually do it more efficiently than if it was at a counter and, you know, and guests walking up to each other. So we, you know, we talk about it from, you know, from one standpoint there, we're talking about within the facility, within the attraction, and obviously depending on, on the job role and the attraction type, but, you know, let's take a, a family entertainment center, for instance, if you've got, uh, you know, team members there who don't need to do any of the mechanical aspects of the job function. All of that can be done through technology, whether it's a kiosk or whether it's through an app or whether it's, you know, everything is is intuitive for the guest. What are they doing there? What's, you know, what what is 
their role in the organization? What is their role in, in the culture of hospitality for the business to be able to provide that great experience when interactions aren't necessarily needed? Well, now you're getting into a whole different realm of not just putting the team member out there to explain to the guest how to use the kiosk, right? Um, because that could be part of it. Um, but also, uh, like you said, kind of being the being the concierge and saying, okay, now you've got your tickets. Now we, now we go over here, and then you go over here first, and let me look at your ticket. And what do you what do you you know got on the on the docket for today? And you know that kind of thing maybe. Um, but that also goes into now if you work backwards, maybe hiring differently, mm-hmm. training differently, um, developing those teams differently. Um, there's still going to be things that you cannot do without a team member in place. Um, but I think that may change the role of the team member, right? And so again, you're like you're saying, you're taking away maybe that mechanical transactional item that they might have been doing. And now you're you're shifting the mindset a little bit to I'm not just going to train that person on how to run the POS system, right? Because we don't have a POS system, right? Now we have the guests doing that. They've got more agency in that. They're buying tickets online. Now, what does that team member do when they get there? Right. Maybe they're the greeter and they, you know, point people in the right direction or, you know, again, kind of the the, the concierge role. Uh, Maybe. And we've talked about this before. Maybe there's more people that are dedicated to a VIP type of experience. Right. And maybe if you are limiting your capacity for safety reasons or you might might do it just for, you know, like the, the, the business model type reason. Then now you've got team members that can go to different groups of guests and just see what they need proactively, right? Go up to them and say, you know, you guys look like you're having a great time. We're at the trampoline park. Wow, you could use a bottle of water. Let me go get that for you, you know. And then you're you're doing all those different things. And and maybe there's an issue that somebody has with an app, and you get your team members really well versed in your app, right? Because that's where the guests are going, and that's where the where the um, the experience is for them on you know scheduling things or buying food or um, finding their way around and so now and i i think back you know i'm gonna go back in the day you know when everybody had a paper map right you go to a facility and everybody had a paper map and you see you see people looking at it and they're looking around like they don't know where they're gonna go and we always used to say in our orientations that 90 percent of the guests questions can be answered in that map right so if you as a team member are familiar with what's in there, you're going to be able to answer 90% of those questions. Well, now it's not an if, it's a we will, right? It's not an if they have a question, it's they will, and you're going to be more well-versed in this app so that you can help them. So I think all the things you're saying really lead us to thinking differently about how we how we bring people through the, the employee experience and maybe even the kind of people that we're looking for. Um, that may even change as well. Yeah. And and all of this right here leads to more opportunities to exceed the guests' expectations because with a lot of, whether it's technology or, or, you know, guests having more agency, the team member doing less of those functional mechanics of the job duties means that there is less in their way Hmm. that they need to be thinking about and running through that checklist in their head of, is this interaction going the way it is? Because now, there's just less for them to think about. So if we switch that around 
And we say, well, what can we do to exceed the guests' expectations? And, and I think we can look at this from the proactive side of it and the and a reactive side of it as well. From the proactive side, you just talked about, you know, the team member of the trampoline park saying, hey, let me go grab these guests, you know, a bottle of water. You can't do that if you are trapped in a spot, in a position, maybe it's behind a register, maybe it's it's in a specific place. Now in a trampoline park, there's the court monitors and they need to be watching all the guests and whatnot. So there is there is still the you know the proper purpose for all of those safety related positions. But everything, you know, aside from that, looking at those opportunities to go above and beyond, there's the proactive ways to do that, to anticipate guests' needs, to really answer the questions that maybe they aren't going to ask or they don't necessarily think to ask, that they could have a better experience if they had that information. Now you've got more, more time, more ability, and more peripheral awareness of everything going on around you to say, you know what? That guest is about to carry a stroller up a flight of stairs. I'm going to go let them know where the elevator is, right? So that's, you know, the water bottle is one example, you know, that's one example. And there's countless of those opportunities. As long as the staff is just thinking, what can I do to make sure that the guests around me can have an even better experience than they are right now and that they even expected? What's interesting about that, I think, is the number of people I talk to that say, well, I would do that, but to your point, there's something in the way, right? I'm, for lack of a better term, tied to a specific position. I can't move, right? Or I'll just put it out there. There's a policy at my facility, right? That doesn't allow me to do something like that. People see those things. You know, I think I think the majority of people out there who are pursuing a position in a guest service position, um, they, they have at least the 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 starting of that mindset like if if i see somebody in need i'm going to want to go help them right but maybe again there's a policy in the way of that or i've got to fill out four forms if i want to you know you know give this guest a um a guest a an ice cream right they spill their ice cream and now it's a huge thing and i don't know what to do right so they're not trained on that piece of it um so I think there's a lot of those things that are in the way. And if we, to your point, remove some of those things, we may get more of that natural inclination of people to want to help one another, right? So yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and that should be part of the job duty. That yeah. That is the new functional mechanics of the job. Is yeah exceed, I mean, it always should have been before, but with less in the way, we can put more of an emphasis on it and say, your job is to intervene. Your job is to go above and beyond. Your job is to look for these opportunities to create these wow moments that'll achieve high levels of satisfaction. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that some organizations have experimented with people like that. I want to say when I was at Universal and maybe when you were there too, there was a a crew that they kind of experimented with that had the knowledge, had, you know, the 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 wherewithal to to help and they weren't assigned to a specific location. They may have originally come from attractions or merchandise or food and beverage, but they were all sort of part of this crew that their their shift, their 8-hour shift was go help as many guests as you can. I don't remember what the program was or what they were called. Well, I've heard of I've heard of guest service ambassadors or guest yeah. experience ambassadors in a few parks, but do you remember the Dream Squad? Yes, yes. Yeah. So for for those not familiar, uh, the year of a million dreams was 2007 
and 2008, but they didn't call it the two years of two million dreams, but we don't need to go. <laughs> so they created a whole department, which is exactly just what you said, the dream squad. They would just go up and talk to guests. How's your day? You know, where are you visiting from? It's your first time here. And then boom, popcorn. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That was it, right? Or boom, cotton candy, boom, fast pass. Uh and, and, you know, then one family got to spend a night in the castle as well. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, what is your equivalent of giving a guest a night in a castle, right, or a family, I would say, uh, you know, of, of doing that, of having those opportunities, uh, because they didn't have anything else in the way. It wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, I also need to check on, uh, you know, is, do, do we need to trim the landscaping over here? Is it, you know, are these trash cans overflowing, you know, all of that, because those are all being taken care of. Uh, so that's the proactive side of it actually can, I, can, this, I, can yeah. I interrupt just for a second because yes. i had a friend who was on the dream squad um for disney and to hear him talk about the stories and the letters that he would get and you know this wasn't just about the guests yes they they received the benefit of having someone come up to them but oh my goodness this person, like as a cast member, was so engaged and so enthused and could not wait to go back to work the next day. Why? Because he got to help people, right? I think so many people get into this industry because we want to help people, right? We're hospitable people. And then all of a sudden, I'm tied behind my POS system and I can't get out. I can't, I, I see something, I, I can't do anything about it. And I think part of that is we haven't flipped the narrative to talk about how you are helping someone behind the behind the register. But those things that are more natural to us and the things that, you know, we we would just do if we were just standing around, you know, those things I think get stifled. Right. And and that that gets that gets frustrating. But for this gentleman and I'm sure everybody else that was on the Dream Squad, like getting a letter from a family that they helped and knowing that they had such a immensely positive impact on that that experience and maybe only they only gave them the mickey ears right or popcorn like they didn't stay in the castle that night um or they came upon someone and they just happened to go up to them and they didn't even know it at the time but they were having a miserable day and they got to turn that around i mean that kind of stuff is incredibly engaging so it's not only a benefit for the guests but also for the employee yeah i, I had someone ask me not too long ago uh uh, she said, "What's what's in it for the staff to mm. uh, to provide great guest service, right? Or to you know to to learn about you know service techniques?" And the best answer I could come with come up with is the drive home from work. That's what's in it. For, think about think about the drive home after after the busiest day of the year, <laughs> right? Or maybe you've had you've had such a busy day where. Guests, you, I mean, it's just so fast paced, right? You're 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 doing this, you're doing that, you, you you just can't process it. At the end of the day, are you driving home thinking, "What a stressful day! I I had so many guests who were complaining all the time, then this and then, you know, whatever it is." You flip it around when when you are equipped with those service skills, or in in your friend's case, being on the dream squad, and that being your core focus, you're driving home thinking. My job is awesome. 
the amount of people that I helped, the fact that I played a role in delivering this experience that is going to go way beyond just a fun day at the park, just a fun day out. They're going to remember this for years. This is going to, you know, this, this could have brought a family back together, right? Mm -hmm. This could have been, you know, the, the celebration that they needed. And I was able to do that. Um, so I 100% agree that, that when you are equipped and when you are are uh, when you have that intentionality and that desire to provide that great type of experience then it's extremely engaging for the staff and very fulfilling leads to higher staff satisfaction and and could you know lower turnover and you know increase retention increase word of mouth for you know for applying for a job at your venue um I think that actually ties in nice because that that goes hand in hand with both the proactive and the reactive side of it. So if we're taking away a lot of the functional mechanics of the job, there's now less in the way of providing the great guest experience. Then I think when we are reacting to circumstances, if a guest has a question or they have a concern, there are there's a five word phrase, I think, <laughs> that I think needs to be eliminated altogether. Let me get my manager. There you go. I was right. Five words. We've got to, well, yeah, you're, you're fact-checking me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, th there's another four-word phrase that I think needs to be eliminated. Maybe it's, there's a conjunction. It's not my job. It's not my job. Yeah. Oh, both of those. Yeah. yeah. So when, when a staff member says, let me get my manager, who's frustrated by that? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the guest is frustrated because now they can't have that their issue resolved right away. The staff member is frustrated because they can't fix the problem. They're dragging their feet. The manager is frustrated because, hey, they were probably busy doing something else as well. It had to be pulled away from something. So equipping the staff with those service recovery skills that if a guest comes up and says, hey, can I talk to a manager? That now the staff has the ability to say, you know what, you can if you need to, but let's sort this out first. And they need to have the empowerment and they need to have the toolbox to be able to resolve these situations as they come about. Because if they are there to amplify the guest experience, that is a huge component of it. And they can be even out there looking for service recovery opportunities for complaints that guests aren't even making, but issues that they're having that they can jump in and say, hey, I see you're having this issue. No, no, it's fine. It's not a big deal. No, I know it's not a big deal, but I still want to help you overcome it. Those take the, the experience to the next level. And those can and should be done more when we're reframing the role of the frontline team member. So a couple of things I want to touch on right there. Um, first of all, you mentioned the drive home, which I totally agree with. I would add in the drive to work. Well, that right? too. Yeah. Because <laughs> think about that. I mean, take traffic out of it for a second, which is frustrating for everybody. Um, but if you are driving to work and you're thinking about this is something I get to do versus something I have to do. I mean, that right there is an amazing benefit, right? Mm -hmm. If you If you are driving to work and saying, wow. I can't believe they pay me to do this, right? And it's not necessarily about what the company has done for you, right? You know, pizza parties and ping pong tables or whatever, right? Um, not that I'm advocating for those, but more, more, more positive leadership. Um, but that kind of feeling, like you come to work and you're energized and you're ready to go. You can be really tired, 
but you're really energized because you know what your purpose is. So I think both the drive home and the drive to work uh, can be construed as the benefit. Sum that up as the commute. There you yeah. go, the commute. Um, <laughs> Love it. I would also say, you know, when you talk about empowerment, I'm so glad that you added, you have the empowerment, but you need the toolbox to go with it. Because what I've found is that empowerment without the tools or without the backup is just a waste of time, right? You're, you're not really empowering anybody to do anything. Um, and I, I, I had this, you know, experience, you know, early in my career where, People, we didn't want people to say, well, let me get my manager, right? We wanted them to be able to, to solve these problems. And so we said, well, we're going to empower them. Okay, Josh, now you can solve this problem. Well, the problem was we didn't teach you how to solve the problem. What right? do I do? So Exactly. So you got frustrated. Talk about who's frustrated. You got frustrated. The guest gets frustrated. As a manager, I would get frustrated because I thought Josh was empowered to do this. Well, he was, but I didn't realize that I had to teach him what to do. Um, at that point, because one thing I've noticed, a lot of conversations I have with people is that we get so, um, we, we may take for granted what we know and think everybody else knows that too, right? And so I could introduce a really foundational concept that I've known about for 30 years, right? And I could introduce it to a, a room of brand new leaders and old, my old self would think, well, everybody knows this, right? No, they don't. And so we can't assume that just because we've thrown that word empowerment at a team member, that they know a number one, what that means, and also what to do with that power. I think that's a that's a critical piece of that puzzle. Yeah. And, and to add on to that, the empowerment without the associated training, uh, can you can have problems on both ends. Uh, one of them is the employee doesn't feel like they know what to do. They, you know, they don't feel comfortable with it. It absolutely backfires. Uh, the other piece of it, and sometimes I'll hear people say, why should we empower our employees when they're just going to abuse that or just going to take advantage of it? So now, okay, well, now this this guest was just, you know, comp to five nights stay in a presidential suite at the Ritz-Carlton because of a minor issue that they just had. Obviously, that's you know completely disproportionate right there. <laughs> I, you know, but just thinking about it from that standpoint is, well, you put up, well, hey, you trust them, you hire people that you know you're going to trust, but you put up the the barriers around it, the perimeter around it to say, here's the sandbox you can play in. We we want you in it, so don't be at zero, right? Actually, get into it and and use that empowerment towards your advantage. Here's here's where the toolbox begins. Here's where the toolbox ends. And here's how you can document and verify it. So it all comes full circle. So it all is justified. It's all, you know, there's there's a paper trail of everything. And you know what? If they screw up, then talk to them about why maybe that wasn't the best circumstance. And then say, hey, next time, I would recommend doing it this way. And then you know what's going to happen next time? It's better. And now it's yes. you know now it's an even better uh, and a better uh, a tool that they used. But you can you can craft your toolbox strategically so that neither the guest nor the staff is able to take advantage of it or really uh, try to you know pull a fast one on you. They might think that they can. Sometimes people say, oh, guests complain because they're just trying to get something for free. And it's like, well, if you craft your recovery tools successfully, you can give away you know this all day long and it'll actually come back and benefit the business. There, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, Not to get too granular into it because I know we only have a few minutes left, but 
in our industry, there is so much that we have to offer that there is so much value to the guest, but there is little or no cost to the actual business. So it's the type of thing of the more you give it away, the more it actually comes back uh, in, in positive ways for the business and you know for, for the organization as a whole. Absolutely. One one thing I'd like to touch on um, as we kind of start to wrap this up a little bit is that when we talk about having fewer employees, one of the first things that that went through my mind is that now we have fewer people to choose from as we're looking for people to rise and and grow through leadership ranks, right? So does that hurt your bench strength to have fewer people? I think maybe on the one side it could, but all the things we're talking about, if you have someone that is um, more engaged, right, has a better understanding of your, your company values and your, your guest service and is really in tune with how to run the business in the right way, yeah, you may have fewer people that are in the pool to be leaders, but maybe those people that you have are naturally more equipped to move up into a leadership role. So that's a, that maybe is an ongoing discussion, but just something else that I, I thought of as we talked about, you know, maybe having fewer team members. Yeah. And, and a question that uh, that we should all be asking is, do we want a large pool of talent that we can possibly promote from where we know that, you know, the, the skills and ability and the, you know, like I said, the bench strength is more spread out. Or do we want it more honed in? Or maybe it is smaller, but we know the individual value of each team member is higher. And I think that that comes directly back to uh, to the, the overarching topic here. So if we were to kind of wrap this up and say, hey, we're going to have fewer team members, what are some key takeaways, do you think? Yeah. I So, you know, a few things is that technology and automation continues to get stronger to make our businesses more efficient. And as a result, it requires fewer and fewer team members to operate. And that really should be seen as a good thing on the macro level. I know once you get down to it, if you're talking about, you know, having, having to eliminate positions and, and cut staff, then it it can be difficult from that short-term standpoint. And, you know, we're, we're both sensitive to that. Uh, but at the same time, looking at it as, as we're more efficient, we can operate with fewer people. Those fewer people are demanding higher wages. And therefore, we need to expect more from them. And if we expect more from them, it needs means we need to equip them with more tools and resources to be able to do their jobs that might have a, a heightened sense of purpose than stripping out or then by stripping out the functional mechanics of a lot of what people used to do a lot of in the past, as we can now be more proactive and reactive to the guest experience, uh, improve the guest experience in, in ways that perhaps they weren't able to before because there was a lot in the way. And as a result, see that impact employee satisfaction as well. Absolutely. I, I would add one word to what you just said, because you said it very, very well. It's evolve, right? It's, it's how business is evolving. And we can either... Um, you know, cry for the days of when we had plenty of staff and we had lots of people running around all over the place, or we can accept the fact that these things are coming and understand how we can incorporate them, but also doing it in a way that's right for your business, right? Don't think that just because McDonald's has kiosks that you have to have kiosks. Is it the right thing? And I know we've talked about this with social media. We've talked about this in a lot of different aspects of the business world is, is it right for you? Does it make sense for you? Does it make sense for your team members? Um, and looking at how you evolve and how your business evolves. 
Yeah, absolutely. 100% because the the industry is evolving and we need to to keep pace with it and make sure that uh, we're staying on top of it and being as successful as possible with whatever resources we do have. And, you know, when we really think about it, regardless of the number of team members you have, whether you have a thousand, whether you have a hundred, whether you have 10, the one thing to keep in mind about everyone is that we are all attraction pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.